Hello, everybody. My name is Alex Henry, and welcome to another episode of Entertainment. Today, I'm going to be talking about Outer Banks Season 3, and I'm not going to go into depth on every single episode or every single character and every breakdown. I'm just going to give an overall thoughts on the season and kind of give you some things that I was able to take away uh, when watching the series. So... Overall, a lot of people that I've seen, a lot of the critics are not liking Season 3 of Outer Banks. Rotten Tomatoes, 33%, and audience score, 70%. Honestly, not the greatest, right? Not the greatest in reviews. If you're asking me, I think I stick with around that audience score. I'd give it probably a little higher than a 70%, but like a 75% uh, out of 100, you know, 7.5 out of 10, if you will. Um, yeah, no, okay, there was a lot of good things in it, and there was a lot of things that I didn't like, and I think the reason that a lot of people didn't like things, the same reason I didn't like things, is it was different. It was not the same Outer Banks that we've got in Season 1 and Season 2. You know, I kind of almost, I don't want to do this, but kind of like the Fast and Furious franchise where, you know, the OG Fast and Furious movies are simple, and they we love them, and they're basic, and, and that's kind of what it is, but then... You get to the new Fast and Furious movies, and they're taking cars to space, you know? That's kind of what Season 3 was going to. It's not all the way there, but that's what it was doing. Episode 1, Poglandia, I really liked it. They're on the island. They get found. Then the guy crashes the plane, right, um, in Barbados. That was that was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I did enjoy um, kind of just seeing how they were. Uh, on the island still, I expected them to be there longer, right? Uh, I, that was that was one thing. I thought they would be on the island a little longer. We'd get to see kind of how they interacted. You know, in season two, it ends right there on the island. And then episode one of season three, it starts off, but then after 25 minutes, they're off the island, right? And yeah, the plane crash is crazy, and they conspired, and blah, 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 blah. But uh, overall, very, very um, good, good episode. Then we go into episode two, The Bells, right? And uh, we already met Sing, right? What do we think about Sing? I know I can't hear your your responses, but but just kind of think what you think about Sing. I kind of liked him. You know, I think what makes a good bad guy is somebody that you really don't like. Like, you're in your heart when you're watching it, you almost feel like you're forgetting that you're watching a show. You think it's a real person that you're watching, and you don't like that person. That's kind of how I felt about him. Uh, he did a really good job. Uh, I kind of liked all of that, all of the uh, Barbados stuff, all of the Sing stuff. I did think it was funny, though, that, you know, the fact that these high school kids are just outsmarting, like, his entire army that he has built. But, I mean, what do you expect? Right? What do you expect from a show like Outer Banks? You expect them to be tricking this old guy. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't. It wasn't like I was surprised that they were all just tricking these guys. And then, um, yeah, you start hearing the bells. That's the episode uh, title, the bells, and uh, this really beautiful picturing. I, I do want to say one thing. The biggest credit that I will give season three. The biggest thing I'm giving this season right now is how beautiful the cinematography was. Every shot was beautiful. The color grading was excellent. I very much enjoyed how beautiful all of the shots were in this season. 
of Outer Banks. It, it was it was so beautiful. So getting back to that bells, right? You start seeing big John Rutledge, you know, he's hitting the bells in the church, and John B. looking off to the distance, and and and, and hearing that. We go into episode three, Fathers and Sons, and boom, it picks off right where it leaves. Big John is reunited with John B. What do we think, guys? What do we think about this, right? Because when you first watch it, it's awesome. Uh, I I had goosebumps. It was very emotional. Um, But you keep going into the season, and and long and behold, everybody feels the same way. You start to not like this guy. (laughs) You're like, what are you doing, John B. Uh, or, Or Big John? No, but but in the moment of that, you know, that episode, it was really, really, really cool. Um, another thing that, I, you know, I want to touch on, you know, talking about fathers and sons is Rafe, right? And I think if I had to give the MVP award to any character that really carried the show in season three, it was Rafe, man. Rafe's acting is incredible. I mean, the way that... He's able to to portray his character is is truly very phenomenal. I really enjoyed Rafe's uh, character this season, but no, he you, we see him interact with his dad, and man, dude, his dad is awful. We still don't like him, right? I mean, I I, we, I don't think that we like this guy. I don't like him, um, and, and we see that uh, rekindling there. And, uh, yeah, Rafe's going to end up going back. Um, We go to episode four, The Diary, and it's, it's, you know, kind of a boring episode. You know, Big John's looking for for the diary. Uh, Ward wants to get rid of the cross, right? Uh, Ward wants to get rid of the cross, and Rafe is upset, and and, and he should be, right? I mean, holy crap, he, he went through everything to get that thing. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, we we see that happen there, and uh, then we go into episode five in Sarah, 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 Sarah. This is where we're gonna talk about you a little bit. What are you doing, Sarah? This was the this was I think my least favorite thing of this season is Sarah's just kind of random love life, right? Like why? You know, I, I, let's try to talk about this in a realistic terms. And I understand the show, but if I escaped with a man on an island and he helped, you know, beat my dad off of me that was about to kill me, takes all care of me. When I get back to my home, my home state, I'm not about to go out and cheat with dude. And that's what we see. We see here this, this cheating and this. You know, this behind the back with her. And uh, it's it's really sad. Uh, I guess another thing I'll give in this season is Pope. Uh, Pope in, in episode five we see, or going into episode six, sorry. You know, we kind of see him at his breaking point. And, uh, you know, I don't want to try to, sp- I don't want to spoil anything necessarily. But I know I, I'm kind of already spoiling certain things. Uh, but this is overall, like, the way that he... Uh, develops as a character throughout the season I think is really nice and I really did appreciate seeing that out of him uh, in Dark Forest we go to episode 7 and um, I mean overall we could just kind of talk about episode 7, 8, 9 and 10 all as a whole right? the, the search for El Dorado that's the theme 
in this season. They're they're look going for the big boy, right? No more of the little treasure. We want we want El Dorado. And we see lots of different things when these guys search for treasure, right? And and overall, I kind of liked how the season ended. I know a lot of people didn't. I did. That's that's the one thing I'm gonna give it compared to the critics. I thought once they got um down to South America, uh, or I believe that's where they were, South America, South yeah, South America, and they land in episode eight, and just kind of how everybody's all on the hunt. Uh, they're all kind of going after the same thing at the same time. Is really really cool. I think I think the boat scenes were cool. Um, I thought a lot of it was really cool. Another thing I guess I skipped over was all of the hints, all of the clues that they had to find. And that's kind of going to bring me to my first overall thought about just like what you can learn from Outer Banks season three is this idea of, you know, your interpersonal relationships with people in terms of when you're searching for the quote unquote treasure, right? Because we see John B., and Big John Rutledge finally rekindle. Father, son, finally rekindle. And all Big John wants to do is hunt for the treasure. Now, early in that season, I really didn't mind it. And I actually thought that John B. was kind of being a little a little crybaby. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, dude, you've been hunting treasure all this time. You have your dad. He wants to hunt some treasure. Hunt some treasure. And then we see, you know, Big John... Um, um, delete some people, if you know what I mean. And, uh, it, you know, we start to see that kind of change. We start to see him already take risk. Even just going to get the diary without him knowing uh, was was very interesting. And we start to see all these changes. And we see how it affects people, the greed of um, what people would do. I'm currently reading Frankenstein by uh, by Mary Shelley. And it's a story of Victor Frankenstein and his lust for knowledge overall. And uh, it, it, this makes him very greedy. Uh, he isolates himself from all of his family, from a girl, from his best friend, Henry. And ultimately, he, he wants this knowledge. He wants to be able to discover these things to build this creature. And he builds it, and he realizes what a monster he's created, number one. And then what a monster he's created in himself and how it's destroyed a lot of relationships. And that's what greed does, man. It, it, it's, it's really interesting. This idea of treasure hunting. You can even look at like a Hannibal Lecter, uh, you know, just a fictional character from the TV show Hannibal. And he's somebody who likes to delete people as well. And um, a, a quote is human motivation can be little more than lucid greed right because you, you want to look at a guy like uh, John Rutledge big John Rutledge and you want to say man you know he's just motivated he's been hunting this treasure his whole life it's his whole life it's his passion but you see the greed where he's able to put his son at risk at times and I think the show did a really good job at never fully pushing him over the edge but but we got him real close we got him real close a lot of times, and uh, it was it was really interesting uh, just to watch that in the season and how you know they they explore this idea of um, they they explore the idea of greed 
and I thought it was beautiful. I really thought that was beautiful, and we don't really see a lot of lessons from the earlier seasons. Uh, maybe you know, lessons of love, if you want to talk about that. Um, but overall, you don't really see all of these these crazy um, lessons from Outer Banks, but we did. We did this season, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, I really did enjoy that. And I even think going into the, the, the last episode where we see Ward kind of make that final sacrifice, you know, and I thought that was so beautiful. I thought it was so beautiful because we see a guy like Ward who has done nothing good for his kids. But everything he tried to do, he tried to make it work for his kids. But he really did all of it for himself. And he just wanted his kids to support what he was doing there. And it didn't work out that way. It didn't work out that way. And I honestly think there was nothing better Ward could have done than sacrifice himself for his kids um, to try to, I guess, ask for their forgiveness. You know, I really, in that whole season, I'm wondering, does he really want forgiveness? Does he really want forgiveness? And I cannot tell. I cannot tell. You know, he he's such a good actor. He's so good at manipulation throughout the entire season. I couldn't tell. And um, then he makes that little final sacrifice. And I thought that was beautiful. And then we see John Rutledge, you know, and he he's carrying him back. And they, they got him on the boat. And he's, he, you know, John B. saying, Dad! Dad, we got the treasure, Dad. Don't don't give up. Don't leave me. We got the treasure. And ultimately, you know, what do you see John Rutledge do? He says, son, it's not about the treasure anymore. I love you. I love you, Sarah. I love your friends. I just want you to be happy. And uh, the thing is, this can all be avoided, folks. This can all be avoided if you don't let that human passion, right, that that motivation turn into lucid greed. Um, because, man, how often in our lives do we, do we search for what we can't have and then go farther than we thought we could go to make those risks and maybe just like Victor Frankenstein, create a monster, uh, a hypothetical monster, you know what I mean? Um... It's very interesting, and I thought I thought the messages from season three were really nice, and I thought the way that they portrayed them was good. Um, now that's that's looking deep into the season, right? At face value, you know, if you're comparing it to past seasons, you're, you, it's the kids searching for treasure and the friendships and the drama, and the that that yeah, this wasn't your season necessarily. They had to make some silly things with Sarah, um, you know, to, to spice it up. Uh, some stuff with Pope, some stuff with uh, Jage. Jage, who was so annoyed of uh, Kiara calling JJ Jage. That, was that just me? I don't know. But I thought that was interesting. But we we saw that. It just wasn't as good as the past seasons. I agree. But overall, I think the, the cinematography was great. The, the messages in the character development by certain people, especially Rafe Cameron, what was really beautiful as well. Um, but no, and then they ended off and Blackbeard's treasure, I guess that's what's going on, uh, season four. I'm excited guys. You know, I, I, I think Outer Banks has a lot of potential. I think they'll be able to listen to what the, the critics said. I think this season was a lot of beautiful cinematography. They wanted to develop characters 
and they wanted to see, you know, if people were really going to be able to pull out the messages and things. But it almost seemed like people didn't care as much about this. So I think going into season four, if I'm an Outer Banks director, I'm trying to have a balance of everything in season one and everything in season three with a sprinkle of season two. And I think that's going to create for a great season four. And I hope, just like I said earlier, it doesn't turn into a Fast and Furious type thing where, you know, it just gets crazier and crazier. Obviously, the treasure is getting bigger. But, uh, I mean, what, you, you're going to see him find El Dorado and then go hunt for, you know, George Washington's Rolex? <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see that. We want to see him hunt for the big treasure. And I'm excited. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to uh, my breakdowns, maybe more of an unorthodox approach of looking at the season, but uh, I really did enjoy it. Let me know what you guys thought about it as well. You can check out my Twitter, uh, Alex underscore Henry 71, or DM me on Instagram at Alex underscore Henry 71. Let me know what you thought of this season, but overall, I thank you for listening to the short little recap of Outer Banks season 